percent righteousness. Yo, Angelo Yee, I love you. Fifty percent ratchetness. Well, the other ratchetness, sit down. This is becoming the most prominent form for him. Wake your ass up. Yeah, it's early in the morning, but they tell me it was y'all. I say, oh, hell yeah, I'm getting up. The world's most dangerous morning show. DJ Envy. Your people's choice. Angela Yee. I'm a sweetheart, but I'll cut you. Charlamagne the God. Prince of Pissing People Lord. I can't believe you guys are the best, kid. Collectively known as Breakfast Club, bitches. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Ambi. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. Good morning. What's happening? Is the weekend here? We can say the weekend's here, right? Not yet. No. You don't think the weekend starts on Thursday? Nah, B. It's a holiday weekend, too. It is? Oh, Juneteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juneteenth. What day is Juneteenth? The 19th, right? What day is that? What's today? Saturday. Saturday. It's Saturday. Okay. Yeah, my my, my, my sister, Debbie Brown's born day is tomorrow, the 18th. Okay. So I know that, yeah. No, right? And of course, this Sunday is Father's Day. How quickly we forget. I didn't even remember. Y'all forgot both holidays. Nobody cares about Father's (laughs) Day. Not at all. I mean, I'm happy to be a father, though. I mean, that's the the joy of fatherhood, right? The joy of fatherhood is that we're fathers. That's right. We got beautiful wives, Mm -hmm. beautiful kids. Mm -hmm. What more could you want? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whatever they do for me on Sunday, I'm I'm happy with. You know, we already got my father his Father's Day present. What you got got on a sweatsuit? (laughs) Should I say it? It's a good gift, too. Does he listen? He probably already has it. Yeah, don't say it if he listens. All right. All right. I'll wait till Monday. By yeah. the way, I love a good sweatsuit. I'm old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got to see what I got on a Puma sweatsuit right now. This I my. It's what I wear. I like sweatsuits. I it's like track suits. It's not a sweatsuit, but it's a, it's a good gift. I guarantee everybody here, with, all the fathers here would like it. Okay. Did you guys ever skateboard as a kid? No. Drama? I did. I tried to. No? What about you, Yee? I had a pink skateboard. Really? You skateboard? You were good? Mm-hmm. What you doing this yeah, weekend? You feel like coming by and helping my son learn how to skateboard? Because yesterday he asked me. And I, I know tried. I'm not teaching nobody. I'm Bro. not that good. But you got your son a pink skateboard? No, I definitely didn't get him a, a pink oh. skateboard. He wanted a pink one. I got him a pink one. But I got him. A, he has a skateboard. He wanted it for his birthday uh, last week. How old is he? Uh, Jackson is seven. Sixteen. I'm sure seven. they got. I'm sure they got skateboarding classes, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, you learn as a kid. I didn't go to no, no class for riding a bike or skateboarding. I just mm. got on there and, and did it. Well. Your daddy, your daddy might not have had the too. money you have. Pay for the goddamn skateboard <laughs> class. <laughs> <laughs> right? Your daddy probably couldn't pay for that extracurricular activity. You know, it was, it, I, I tried yesterday. It didn't work out too well. I mean, I, you know, it's I tried to show him how to, you know, push the back up to make it jump and all that, but it was this guy. This I guy, do all that flip this, skateboard, I, everything. I bet you Envy Googled Little Wayne skateboarding yeah. and learn how to skateboard <laughs> to teach his son. I, I, I guarantee it. it. I thought about it. Then, you know, I was playing it's catch. Time kick push. Catch with Logan yesterday, football. So I just had a good day with the kids yesterday. I just, it, I love when it's nice out so we can go outside and enjoy the weather. Basically, it's, he's saying he's tired. I'm mm-hmm. tired as hell. Mm-hmm. Yo, bro, t- <laughs> I am so tired. <laughs> and they never want to stop. It's not like, yo, it's late. Yo, it's time to go in. Like, Ten more minutes, Dad. All right, let's ten more minutes. Hey, man, that's why sometimes I envy people who had kids in their twenties. You know what I mean? Because when they're forty, their kids is grown. You yeah. know what I mean? They was young and vibrant. They had the energy to do all that kind of stuff. Now, shoulder hurt for no reason, <laughs> knee hurt for no reason. It's like, dang, all I did was race. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> all I did was get on the air track and do a cartwheel. Oh, How this happen? They'd be like, get on the trampoline. Let's do a oh, flip. Oh, Lord. Daddy don't flip. Baby. Daddy takes naps on the trampoline. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I take naps on the trampoline. When my two youngest asked me to get on the trampoline, my five-year-old and two-year-old, I get on there, I do one jump, and then I just lay, and I say, popcorn me. <laughs> popcorn me. They jump up all around me and pop me up. That's oh, it. Oh, my goodness. That's all right. It. 
But let's get the show cracking. Who's joining us today? Man, today we have uh, one of my South Carolina brethren, uh, my guy Craig Melvin, who is a co-host of the Today Show. Mm -hmm. He put out a book this week called Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father. It is an amazing Father's Day gift. If you are looking to get your, uh, you know, father, something for Father's Day, this is the book to get. Craig Melvin, Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father. He's the co-host of the Today Show. Me and him go way back, man, to, to the 803 Columbia, South Carolina. So we'll be talking to him today. All right. And front page news, what are we talking about, ye? Uh, let's talk about the NBA playoffs and Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul, some issues. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Gee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night, the Atlanta Hawks beat Philadelphia uh, 109-106. Great game. The series 3-2. The Sixers blew that one. The Sixers blew the last two games, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's got to be tough when you meet Mill and you fly, you and Quavo fly out on the PJ. And, you know, Quavo's uh, in, in Philly. <laughs> and you're probably clowning them the whole first half, the mm -hmm. third quarter, then the fourth quarter, they come back and win. Whoa. Yeah, because that turns it off in the third quarter. They were down by, like, 20 one time. I turned Loki on. I turned Loki on because I was like, man, this game is over. Wow. All right. Well, and congratulations to LaMelo Ball. He won Rookie of the Year. Deserving. So congratulations to him. Now, what else we got you? Well, let's talk about Phoenix Suns guard Chris Paul. He's been sidelined, and that's because he's on the league's COVID-19 health and safety protocols list. And they did announce that yesterday. They said there's a natural concern, and that's basically where it ends. The league is trying to do everything they can to keep individuals and teams safe, and it's just a natural concern for an individual. Now, Jalen Rose has said that uh, Chris Paul is vaccinated, and he doesn't anticipate him missing more than one game. Unlike Kawhi, this one isn't doom and gloom for me because they're off this week. He's already been vaccinated, and I know the word indefinitely makes you feel like he may not be in the next series, I don't anticipate him missing more than one game at the most, just based on the dynamics of time and how the protocol has worked. I don't see why he got to miss any. I mean, they, they said he's back. They said he's vaccinated. He the give it to other people, other. Players. Yeah, but the series don't start till like the twentieth, the twenty third. Well, they said he might not have to, but he doesn't anticipate him missing more than one at the most. Yeah, and how many days do you have to sit down? Usually, they say quarantine for five days, right? Mm -hmm. I thought it was yeah, shorter. This yeah, week. it was it's mad shorter. It's three. I don't know. Five, it's five. It's five days. So, yeah, can, they don't play till the twentieth. So he, yeah, he should be able to play. And the twenty third, if it goes seven games, but yeah, he should be able to play. Now, when he referenced Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard did miss a game, and they said he could be out the remainder of the series, and that's because of a right knee injury. Oh no, they say they say Kawhi's they say Kawhi is done done because they said he got um he got to have surgery. But you know what uh, LeBron said yesterday that you know this what that this is the reason why he said he didn't want to play. He says the bodies uh, of the players didn't get a chance to heal and didn't get a chance to recuperate. So now this that's why a lot of these people are being so injured. He's like this is the most injuries from a superstars in the league in a long time because he was like the bodies just haven't healed. I wonder how LeBron would feel if his team was still in the playoffs though. Remember LeBron was the one that didn't want to come back. Yeah, but I wonder how he would feel if his mm. team was still in the playoffs. Because he would hate if somebody used that excuse and somebody said, well, the only reason the Lakers are winning because all the other stars are injured. No, he didn't say that. He just said that a lot of the celebrities and, and, and the superstars stars. are injured. That's the game, though. Like I mean, this, listen, and I, and I agree with him. Like, you know, they did, they did come back from a shortened season, so I'm sure that is, you know, one of the main factors for people having a lot of injuries. But sometimes that's just the game. That's just the way things are. They also played a shortened season, though. We just said that. That's what I'm saying, so I don't understand the argument. What do you mean? They had like a how long were they out for? Like a month at least, right? 
with the COVID protocol, with right. when it, or COVID shut everything down. It, it was a shorter season and where they played more games more times. Remember, they were in the bubble, so they were playing every other no, day. No, LeBron, LeBron saying they didn't have the same amount of rest, rest time right, right, right. that they would have between uh, seasons. But they didn't play as long as All right, season. and Congress has passed legislation to make Juneteenth a federal holiday for the first time in nearly 40 years. Congress has moved to establish a new national holiday just in time for the anniversary, uh, it's the 156th anniversary of that day, which marks the last African-American slaves being freed in Texas after the Civil War. All right. So we're just waiting for Joe Biden to sign that. He's supposed to sign it today. Mm. I mean, you know what, man? I mean, that's that's cool. I know people was pushing for that, but man, it is so much other legislation that black people need. Like, they always do these, these symbolic gestures as opposed to making real tangible change. Like, what's up with the George Floyd Policing Act? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? What's up with yeah, what's up with, what's up up with voter rights bills? Okay, HR 40. They literally try, they're trying to take y'all. They're they're literally taking away black people's right to vote. Mm-hmm. Like literally, they're making it like super difficult for us to even go out there and cast a vote. Where is the voting right? The John Lewis Voting Rights Act? Like some some things that can actually yeah. impact us in a real way. No. Well, clearly it doesn't start with just, I mean, it doesn't stop with Juneteenth, but this is something uh, to celebrate. I, it's, it's, maybe it does stop with Juneteenth well, <laughs> with these people. Shout out to all the black promoters. They are definitely making Juneteenth a weekend. Really? Immediately. Hell yeah. Juneteenth parties like crazy now. Lord Listen, I was at a recording yesterday for a Juneteenth celebration See? that's going to be happening, what, which is amazing. What, what black historical figure y'all going to disrespect by putting on flyers? Okay. <laughs> well, the thing I was at Earth Wind performing and, and Sheik is performing, India Ari. I told you Amanda Seals is hosting. and um, I don't think Seals yeah, hosting. JB yeah. Smooth. I think Seals on vacation. Oh, I, don't, I think a lot of people pre recorded their part. <laughs> She's on the flyer. Right. So that's the black historical figure they put on there the flyer. There you go, Juneteenth party and Amanda Seals. <laughs> All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Power 105.1. Back, back, back. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. All right, in less than three minutes, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent or if you want to spread some positivity, call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Yeah, what's up, Evan? What's up, Trav? Hey, Trav. What's up, baby? What's up, Shar? Peace, up, Trav. What up, sis? Uh, doing good. Listen, I was going to talk about um that amazing version of last night. Dropped one of Clues Bonds for Eve and for Trina, man. No, that was big. That was big. I told y'all, man, Trina got joints. You know, I, I could. Hey, I ain't going to lie. I was just telling Faye, man, that, hey, I look at me, Eve. I do, I do. I, I am more biased. Because you're from Philly. To her a lot more. Yeah, you're yeah. from Philly. But I do love Trina also. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of forgot some of the songs that Trina got. Well, and you didn't grow up down south. Like, I used to, I, I've been to so many different Trina shows growing up because Trina was like always an artist that would come down and perform in South Carolina. Like, and I know women that worship Trina, they love Trina's music. So I knew Trina had joints. I just didn't think that no, they, they were resonating nationally. So I'm from Virginia. He's telling you I'm from the Southern Virginia. Like, oh, I, I didn't know that. I thought you was from the top, Trav. I didn't know you were from down bottom. But what, let me ask you a question. I, I tuned into the battle. I, young. I tuned into the battle late. Why weren't they in the same room? Because Eve was in London. Uh, oh, Eve was, was in London. Oh, Eve was in and London. Okay. Trina was in Miami. But they had like 350,000 people watching them. Yeah. 
And they were looking amazing too On top of all that But Alright y'all Let's tell y'all Alright peace Hello who's this? Hey this is Emmanuel Emmanuel Uh, what's up Get it off your chest Yeah uh, I'm just calling in To let you guys know Hey man Financial literacy Is We we need it man Um, You know our people Don't want to learn So we just want to go Spend Spend But um I don't know that that's true anymore. We we definitely want to learn. Yeah, that's not true. I mean, that's not true. When you see when you, I wouldn't say that. I don't like to make those broad statements. Yeah, when I when you see how popping Wall Street trap is and earn your leisure and everything, envy and, and season them doing no. People definitely want to learn about financial literacy. Yeah, I agree. black people definitely I mean, are all EYL in. Wyo has a strong fan base here. They go around the country mm-hmm. speaking to people. I know uh, every time we do a I have my team wealth went. I have my team wealthwednesdays.com all the things that I do for financial literacy that so many people are involved in so like I, said, I don't yeah, think our that's seminars true. sell out we got one this Sunday on, on Father's Day they always sell out so I think people want the knowledge and they that's get right. the knowledge all the artists talking about it from Diddy to Rick Raw like no people are definitely tuned in to financial literacy right now if you now, say bro. we don't have the money to, to invest as we should then that's a different situation but we definitely want the knowledge and they getting the knowledge absolutely absolutely alright bro um, I think you guys are doing I think you guys are doing a great job and, you know, putting that out there, uh, websites and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, yo, you know, we, we really need it, man. I just see, it's probably in my neighborhood and my community that I'm seeing it over here that I'm trying to do things as far as like, hey guys, you know. Where you from? This is what we need. Oh, I'm actually, I'm li- I actually live in Tampa right now. Okay. Originally from New York, man. And Tampa's a booming market oh, wow. now, too. I, I love Tampa. Um, it is. It shout is. out to 7th and Grove. There's a lot of black businesses in Tampa. I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff out in Tampa, too. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're definitely learning. And even, even um the, the owners of 7th and Grove, they own a pharmacy. There's people out there spending some money and learning, really learning the game and teaching. So, there are people out there, brother. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, man. That's kind of what I wanted to say, like, about the people out here. But, all right, you guys have a good day, man. I appreciate this. Thank Stay you. Blessed, you, too. Man. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is a show. Hey, what's up, Shell? Get it off your chest. Hey, I'm Charlamagne, Andrew Lee, uh, DJ Envy. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Peace, King. Good morning. Hey, question, Charlamagne. What do you think about Loki? I love Loki thus far. I think it's very good, and I think, um, you know, it's really introducing us to Marvel Phase 4 in, in a real way. We're getting a real glimpse into what Marvel Phase 4 is going to look like. Okay, now, I totally agree with you, but my only problem is... I can't be waiting on every week to get one episode of, man. I wanted them to just drop the whole series. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would agree with you, but I kind of like it. I like appointment television. I, I think appointment television is a lost art. Binge watching is cool, but man, there's nothing like, you know, every Wednesday have looking having something to look forward to. I'm not going to lie. True indeed. Now, now uh, one more thing uh, right before I leave. Uh, uh, Charlamagne, I totally agree with you with this June 18th thing. I think it's the only thing we're going to get. Everybody's going to celebrate happy, and nothing's going to get a comment. Yeah, man. We got too many, we got too many real, real issues that need to be handled, man. But, I mean, Juneteenth is cool. I'm happy for, you know, people that were pushing for that and got it. But, nah, there's too many other real issues out there, bro, that we that we need to get love. pushed. Appreciate the love, y'all. Yes, sir. Have a blessed day. All right, brother. You too. All right, peace. Hello, who's this? This is David, man. I'm on him, man, trying to get it off my chair this morning, man. I want to know where is child support pills going to get the tax break? 
for the kids. They shouldn't be considered as a tax break dependent because we've been charged yearly. What happened now? I'm not I'm not well versed on child support. What happened? You want a tax break okay, because you pay like child support? Tax break. Right. Oh. At the end of the year, when we file, we get counted for all the money that we make. So when we gonna get a tax break for the dependent wife? Damn, child support not tax deductible? The money you paying taxes? I mean child support? Man, I don't pay that child support, but I ain't getting no tax break. Tomorrow she getting the money, but she ain't paying taxes on it. That's crazy. Damn. That's crazy. It, it, that's what's going on though. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you know, I feel like they they, they should consider that. Like, it, it, it's an income. You know, we should be getting kind of tax break. I agree. For the money that's coming out. So that's what I want to get off my check this morning, man. Charlemagne, NBA, Geek. Hey, man, y'all have a pleasant day, man. Thank you, King. All Thank righty. you. Have a good one. Yes, Get it off your chest. And happy Father's Day. 585 <laughs> You got rumors on the way, E? Yes, Nick Cannon and Abby De La Rosa. They have welcomed their twins. We'll tell you what their names are. All right, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, congratulations to Nick Cannon and Abby De La Rosa. They have welcomed their twin boys. Now, the mom wrote on Instagram, June 14th, 2021, welcome to the world, Zion Mixolodian Cannon and Zillion Air Cannon. My world, my twin boys. No dropping a clues bonds for Nick Cannon and what's the young lady's name? Abby De La Rosa. Abby De La Rosa. Congrats on the, the two new babies. They named it Zillion Air? Yeah, Zillion is the first name, and I guess Air is the middle name. H-E-I-R. Okay. That's actually kind of hard. That's creative. Zillion, Zillion, Zill, Young Zill. That's hard. Mm-hmm. So that's his second set of twins. He has, obviously, Monroe and Moroccan with Mariah. And then he also has two other kids, Golden, who's four, and Powerful Queen, who is six months with his ex, Brittany Bell. So all together, that's six. Wow. Well, Nick is very literal with the names. <laughs> very literal. Powerful. Well, powerful Queen. What's, uh, Golden. Mm-hmm. Hey, very literal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, names matter, so why not be literal with it? Literal with it. All right, now let's talk about Eve versus Trina last night. The two of them went head-to-head for over 20 rounds. They were playing hits from the last 20 years. They're actually the, I think they're the first hip-hop women to battle, right? Definitely was the first all-female versus. Well, well, rappers. Well, no, rappers, yeah. And uh, Missy Elliott was weighing in because obviously she posted, I want to say this, I am humbly grateful because I've been on a lot of artists' verses and I want to thank those amazing artists who believed in me as a writer, producer, or just an artist. I love y'all for all the love y'all show me. And it was a super friendly face-off. They showed each other so much respect. Listen to this. I wouldn't want to do this to nobody else than my sister Amy. We've been on each other for over 20 years. We always showed love. We always supported one another. We always held each other down. I got the ultimate respect for you. Know how much I love you. I know. We excited. This is a, this is for all the females in hip hop. It's all queens in the building. When you a queen, you hold your crown. You don't never gotta be insecure about no bitch. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Now Eve was in London and. Uh, Trina, was she at Live? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know what club she was at. I know she was she at was a club in Miami. In Miami. Yeah. She was at a club in Miami. I don't know if it was Live, though. All right, so that was pretty dope. And, and Trina also uh, played some new music. I 
Honda. I'm the type to get some money, hit the mall and spend a dub. All these against the window shopping, boy, you looking like a scrub. When I step up in the building, I'm the baddest in the club. And I know I got that fire, he tried to hit it without a gup. Ayy, bring the rose in, bring the rose in. When I come through the building, bring the hoes in. Black, white, Spanish, Asian, you ain't welcome to Miami. Let's win up with a Haitian. Hey, listen, you got to love verses, man. Nothing in the culture gives folks their flowers like verses because mm-hmm. we live in this prison of the moment era. Folks tend to only remember what's happening right now. And verses showcases catalogs in a way that no other platform does. It takes you down memory lane and reminds you why these people are who they are. So salute to Trina and Eve. Legends, drop one of clues bomb for both of them, okay? Well, the building Trina was in was the same place she recorded Nan in. So she said it had a special significance uh. for her because that's where we, they recorded that video. Her And Trick, she did bring out Trick Daddy, mm-hmm. too. And they had over, you said, over 350,000 people, right, on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Dope. Congrats to them. Yeah, very enjoyable to see these women on that stage showing each other love, looking amazing. And a lot of people forgot about all the hits that they had and that they were on. All right, now Michael Jordan caught a uh, a dolphin early on. He's doing some $3.4 million fishing tournament in North Carolina. They're competing for that top event uh, prize. And they said so far he caught a 25-pound fish to land on the dolphin category leaderboard early in the contest. This isn't the first time he's done this event. Apparently, it's a very well-known event. Last year, they got a 442-pound blue marlin, the fourth biggest catch of the day. Have y'all ever went fishing? Yeah, yeah. I've gone fishing. fishing. Not like not like them, though. They, they're doing some serious fishing. I I've thought gone you said fishing he, before. he caught a dolphin. That's what you said? Yeah, he did. Um, Who catches a dolphin? That that, I know. Actually, according to a representative, they had to... Um, they had to throw the dolphin back in because yes. it was the wrong species, and they released it back into the water. Dolphins are so cute and so intelligent. That's like kidnapping a kid. I don't think he tried to do it on purpose. They just put the bait but out there. I'm just saying, the you don't even like. As soon as you see it's a dolphin, you got to make sure that hook gets out of that dolphin. Yeah, but don't you bring that on the boat. Yeah, man. absolutely. And it's big money in fishing. I didn't know that. God, even damn. in Mexico, they do huge fishing events, and people walk away with like millions of dollars. You which is be, crazy. You a real psychopath. You out here. Hunting dolphins, bro. He ain't do it all. He didn't yeah, mean he to keep the dolphins. But listen, I was in Turks and Caicos, Jeez. and we went on a fishing boat, and I don't, I don't think I enjoyed it so much. I felt bad while they were ca- catching the fish, and there's a lot of blood everywhere. I was like, I don't know if I. I went right back upstairs. I was like, I don't know oh, if I right. like you, this. You don't eat seafood, right? No. All right, well, that is your rumor report. (laughs) I mean, Angelique just has never lived a life. I Mm -hmm. mean, no Disney World, no seafood. What else did she say this week that I couldn't believe she never had done? I might be going to Disney World for the first time soon. Well, have some fish when you go. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. God damn, some fried shrimp or something. And watch Lion King on the way. Lion, you never seen Lion King? I saw the play on Broadway. My goodness. Mm Mm-mm-mm. You shouldn't get your dad nothing for Father's Day. He ain't doing <laughs> much. He ain't doing much. He's a gift Too much. He didn't do much. Yeah. I don't know. Basics. <laughs> he was just there. He was just there. Was just, no fish. No Lion King. No Disney. No Disney World. Goodness gracious. Was Jesus he there? Christ. Yeah. All right. Front page news. That's what we're talking about. I'm glad y'all didn't blame my mom for that. All right. Let's talk about the Biden-Putin summit and some key takeaways from this meeting in Geneva. All right. Right. U.S. and Russia. We'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Brought to you by the all-new season of the FX original comedy, Dave, based on the life of Dave Bird, a.k.a. Little Dicky. Dave drops Wednesday, June 16th at 10, 9 central on FXX, streaming next day on FX on Hulu. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front-page news. 
Now, the Hawks beat the Philadelphia 76ers 109-106. I turned the game off when, I swear, Philadelphia was up like 20 points. Yeah, that's why I turned on Loki on uh, Disney+, Plus. but the Hawks did come back to win. They took Joel Embiid out in the third quarter. I think there was like two minutes left. The crowd was going crazy. I was like, oh, this is over. I wonder did Meek uh, you know, and Quavo ride back together. I know they rode to the game together. But I'm sure Meek was talking so crazy I'm the first sure. three quarters, and then the Hawks come back and win the fourth quarter. I don't want to hear that on the way back. Nah, me neither. Catch your own jet. You take an Uber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Uber back home. What else we got, Yee? Well, Congress is designating Pulse Massacre site as a national memorial. As you guys recall, this was in Orlando, Florida, five years ago. A gunman killed 49 people and wounded 53 people there. Uh, the Senate voted final congressional approval of the bill last week, and Joe Biden is expected to sign it soon. And that was the deadliest, deadliest attack on the LGBTQ community in American history. So they're making that a national memorial. So the All club right, won't be open. It's not open anymore. You could just—I know—you can go outside and they have things that you can sign, but it's not—you can't go inside and nothing like that anymore, right? Totally closed. Yeah, that site right there is just a, a memorial site. Gotcha. They said it's really important for survivors to know we are not going away until the job is done, according to uh, Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk about Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, and they actually had a, a little less than four-hour meeting. And Joe Biden said in a news conference after the meeting, the tone was good. And he acknowledged that it will take time to know whether there will be any significant progress. He wasn't confident that he had done anything to change Putin's behavior. But he did uh, discuss some of the issues with cyber capabilities and the violations from Russia. Whether I stopped it from happening again, he knows I will take action like we did when this last time out. What happened was we, in fact, made it clear that we were not going to continue to allow this to go on. The end result was we ended up withdrawing them. They went and joined ambassadors. We closed down some of their facilities in the United States, et cetera. He knows their consequences. The hypocrisy of the media is hilarious. When Biden uh, met with Putin, it's, uh, it's all good in the media. When Trump met with Putin, he got dragged. What's the difference? Well, I think this was a this was a summit. And so you do still have to meet with leaders, but you can't be trying to like cut deals and secretly have meetings and set things up. Who, they didn't you know, you got to do everything you do is but Trump and is Putin didn't see Trump and Putin was out in the open. He got dragged because they said that people were upset that Trump didn't confront Putin about Russia's inter- interference in the election. It's just interesting. Yeah, think- it's just interesting how one, you know, causes an uproar, but the other is just like, oh, it's OK. They had a meeting. Like, well, I think there were also a lot of issues with Trump's relationship with Putin behind the scenes that people didn't know about and certain um, financial deals that had been made that were that they were discussing and other people that were having conversations on the side that weren't out in the open. I don't I don't see the difference. OK, and then here is what Putin had to say about their meeting. I think there was no hostility. Quite the contrary. Our meeting took place, principally speaking. We don't share the same positions in many areas, but I think that both of these sides showed a willingness to understand one another. This feels like nothing really happened. All right. And a heat wave has been gripping the West um, in the United States. And people are saying that they're scared this is going to be a new, hotter normal in Phoenix. They've had a record for the second day in a row when it reached 115 degrees yesterday. It's expected to hit 117 degrees for the next two days. And scientists who study drought and climate change say that people living in the American West can expect to see more of the same in the coming years. Heat waves are getting worse because the soil is so dry from the region's mega drought. 
and we could have two, three, four, five of these heat waves before the end of the summer. Mm, 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 mm. All right. Well, they are asking in California to voluntarily conserve power. They're asking the residents to do that for a few hours Thursday evening because they are anticipating record-breaking heat blankets uh, during, in the West during this week. You can't ask me to conserve power when it's hot as hell. Yeah, I got to have the AC on. <laughs> what are we talking about here? I guess they want to make sure everyone's power doesn't go out and then no one has AC. Well, right? you better get you a good church fan. Bring back the church fan. <laughs> I told y'all last year, I ordered me a, was it last year? Maybe it was early this year. I ordered me a bunch of church fans. Get you a good church fan, man. I'll, I'll, I'll get old school and uh, get the fan and put it in the window. Yep. Okay. Let mm-hmm. that natural air circulate through your house with that fan. All right. Well, that is your front page news. And Dramos, what's going on in Puerto Rico? I heard they have a uh, rolling power outages. You think Dramos knows? Shut up. He's man. Puerto Rico. Rolling, rolling blackouts uh, happening over there. Yeah, they said like oh, that's all. Company. Envy just said that you that have is, no details on it. You just going to repeat what Envy well, said. I think they use a private uh, company. There's a lot of controversy over the company that they're using. For that's it. what they said. I think what, over three hundred thousand people without power. Mm-hmm. So you got her. How are you going to let the Dominican in the room know more about what's going on in Puerto Rico? <laughs> you, you want me to Trumbles. give you insider trading information? Yes, we do. Yes, That's story. what he went to you for, Puerto Rican. He just gave you, he literally just gave you the I, facts. I don't know the reason. I don't why? know. That's why why I would I listen to NBA about Puerto Rican they've, issues? They've had shaky, the power grid has been shaky ever since Hurricane Maria. It's never been properly uh, repaired. The money has, the funds weren't given down there under the Trump administration. There you go, Dramos. That's all we wanted. That's what we needed right there. All right. You letting the Dominican in the room have more uh, say so on Puerto Rican you? didn't even give you? me a damn chance to answer. They could jump it down my throat. What do you mean? Pause. Pause. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Y'all kinky already. All right. This guy's wild, bro. <laughs> jumping down my throat. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, who's joining us next, man? Uh, my guy, Craig Melvin. Uh, Craig Melvin is the co-host of the Today Show, and mm-hmm. he's from Columbia, South Carolina, the 803. We go way back. He put out a book uh, yesterday. Okay. No, Tuesday. Tuesday called uh, Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father, which is a perfect Father's Day gift. So uh, let's have some good uh, discussions about fatherhood in, in this room this morning. Why not? Father's Day is this weekend. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Brother Craig Melvin, good morning. Man, so good to see you. I've been a fan, fan of the show for a long time, but I've been a fan of this guy even longer. You know him for a long time. Me long and Craig time. go way, all way right, back. All right, so tell us, well, first of all, Craig, if you don't know, of course, he's a news anchor for NBC News Today. Now, Tell you know, him where you started, though, Craig. Where'd come you to start? South Carolina, baby. Hey, 803, what's happening? That's W-I-S-T-V. <laughs> and you were at that point, you were at Hot hot 103.9, the jam. Yeah, I was at uh, I was at the Big DM, then Hot 103.9. Oh, that's right. It wasn't the jam, Craig. What was Hot 103.9? It was Hot 103.9, that's all. Oh, what was the jam? Z93 jams in Charleston. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. why I started. Tell us some stories about Charlemagne that we might not know since you guys go down. No, here's the thing. thing. You don't want to do that. Yes. No, I don't want to do it. That's, then that, I got stories that's on mutual Craig. assured <laughs> destruction. <laughs> not doing that. I will say, I will say, um, if you told either one of us, 15, 20 years ago that this is where we would be, I, w- I would have laughed. I can't speak for Charlemagne. I don't know. I think people kind of knew it because remember we got uh, we were in the South Carolina State newspaper in 2003 oh, or four, and they named me and you two of the top 10, I think it was media personalities under the age of 30 oh, in Columbia, right. South Carolina, and they did these profiles on us. I actually still have mine framed, and I, I, did, I did the Ten Commandments of Hip Hop, and 
Craig told a story, but I just remember him laying on the grass with a puppy licking his face. That damn story comes up. Every <laughs> I'm just time. saying. He had a puppy licking his face. It was a long story. I had a dog back then named Trouble. They wanted to, to take a picture of me and my dog, and, and the picture that they happened to snap at the time was. The, but the dog didn't usually lick my face. He didn't sleep in the bed. So you kissed the dog. You're a dog kisser. I'm not a dog kisser. I've never kissed a that dog. That dog was definitely kissing you, he, Craig. The dog may have. He may have licked me once, and the, and the photographer just timed it perfectly. Okay. But that's, I haven't heard the end of it. That's but, the story but, you're sticking but, with. But I that framed you. I should have bought it. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. But we used to hang this before social media. Right. Yes. So we would get he would get off the air. I would get off the eleven o'clock news and we would hit the club and, yeah. and would you go with him to the strip clubs? I I I've never been to that. <laughs> I love I've this never time. been. Nah, no, we've been to this. I've never I have Don't never I have never Craig. We would go to regular clubs. Okay, I got you. Regular cl- nightclubs. I think we see, went that, to the see, that's club the thing. Like, like, he, Craig. like that life he led back then, that would serve him well now. Like he, it gives him street cred. Right. That life I led back then, I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that life anymore. I was with the, I was with my girl though. Yeah, but you, that's since high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Since yeah. High that's, school. A, that's a fact. That's a oh, fact. Yeah. But we used to go to V12. V12 used to be our spot. It used to be V12 in the Vista. God. Goodness yeah, gracious. B12 in the Vista. But Craig, out. one thing I can say about Craig, Craig was always focused. You know what I mean? He he was always mature. Why'd you hang out with him then? Um, I needed street cred. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he had a lot more fun than I was having. Like, wherever he was, that's where the party that's where the was. That's was happening. Yes. I, I do remember one time we was in the VIP. Craig is sitting there. Craig goes... <laughs> Oh my God, is that marijuana? <laughs> I gotta get out of here. <laughs> that's actually, it's, probably, it's probably right. It's probably true. That's it. That's probably true. That is true. We used to have a good time. Gotcha. Well, listen, you know, Craig is here um, because he has a new book out that came out uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's called Pops. Pops. Learning to be a son and father. And the reason, I, mean, I love this book for a number of reasons. I mean, number one, because I know you and I just love to hear, you know, backstories. Uh, of, of of people from South Carolina because yeah. you know we don't we don't have a lot of representation, right? But you address a relationship that will always be complicated, probably the most complicated relationship a man can have, and that's the relationship we have with our father. Yes. What made you address that topic? Well, a couple things, you know, and I write about it in the book. But two years ago, my dad, uh, after you know forty plus years of uh, heavy drinking and gambling addiction and. Um, he finally decided he was going to get some help. He was 67 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And of, of the things of which I'm proud in my life, and, and there are a lot, it, it's, it's top of the list. Like mm-hmm. my dad uh, deciding late in life that he wanted to live better. It's, it, is, it was the most cathartic thing I've ever done. Wow. Um, I wanted to give my father uh, his roses while he's still alive. So it's a love letter to my dad. It's a love letter to fatherhood. Uh, it's a story of resilience and and overcoming addiction. Uh, it's a story of forgiveness uh, as well. You know, my dad, even after he got clean, we would talk like this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rarely a conversation would pass where he didn't talk about the guilt that he felt. And he would cry and just talk about how, how bad he felt about being absent. Mm-hmm. And even when he was present, he was, you know, drunk, hungover, or, or sleeping. Um, but I, I wanted him to know that we, we've all forgiven him. And and so it's it, that was that was part of it. Did you forgive him easier when you had kids? Because we talk about this all the time, like you're mad at your dad for things you don't understand until mm-hmm. you start having your mm-hmm. own kids, right? Leave it to my kids now, like, you know, me and my kids go to him, I'm sure my kids say they hate me at times because mm-hmm. you're overprotective, right? Yeah. And my dad being a, a retired police officer was overprotective. Mm. But now I'm on like that with my kids and I understand completely why my dad wouldn't let me go to certain things. Sure. And, take certain you know trains or go to this party 
So did you feel that when you started to have kids and be like, I need to patch this up now? Precisely, precisely. Envy. You know, here's we're hard on our parents. That's yeah. right. We're hard on That's our parents, right. but we're hard because you know when you're 10, 15, 20, you don't you don't know you had you haven't experienced the world. You don't really have perspective. You just know you want to go out to this party or you want to go see this girl or you know you want to you want to be what teenagers want to be. And it's it's not until you get older and you have children and you realize that your your primary responsibility is to protect them from the world. Right. And I we but I was hard on my dad for for a different reason because back then, you know the, the way we view lots of things now, whether it's mental health, mm-hmm. but with regards to addiction, back then we didn't view addiction as a sickness. Not at you, all. You were lazy. You, you thought were, he was being selfish. Right. Yeah, he, he cared about whatever than us more yes. than us. Yes. Yeah. Right. If you really wanted to get the <clears throat> monkey off your back, you could. But now, knowing what we know, um, having covered so many stories related to addiction, you know, five, 10 years ago, I started to look at it like, like we look at it now, like right. a disease and illness. So I was hard on my dad for that reason. So I was angry and resentful. And, you know, it just, it got to a point where I was, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in therapy as well. And my therapist a couple of years ago, finally after, well, I mean, had been suggesting it for a number of years, but suggested that I, I, I make peace with it and forgive my father. Not for my father, but but for me. Right. Um, and so all of that led to this. I too uh, learned to forgive my father in therapy because I realized that my father was just doing the best he could. And yeah. he was working with the tools that he had at the time. Yes. You know, and when you're dealing with substance abuse and his own mental health issues, he really did a lot for somebody with a lot of those problems. You know, in, in, to, to that point, Charlemagne, my, my dad, and I didn't know this until I was writing the book, and first line in the book is, um, my dad was born in a federal prison in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know who his dad was mm-hmm. until he was almost a teenager. So imagine, imagine growing up, not knowing who your, your, your dad is, having other kids pick at you. They would call him a jail baby and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. having other kids pick at you. It shapes and molds you in ways that you don't fully appreciate until... You're much, you know, you're much older. That's right. So he, so he grew up that way, and when he found out who his dad was, it's not like his dad took an active interest. Mm-hmm. I asked him, and it's in the book. I asked him uh, during the the interview with my dad. I said, "What's the, what's the most money you ever wasted without missing a beat?" My dad said, twenty five hundred dollars." I said, twenty five hundred dollars on what?" He's like, "That's how much it cost to put my daddy in the ground, nineteen eighty six." Yeah, that was my reaction, and he proceeded to to explain how his father was a deadbeat, like absolutely, I mean, and so my dad did exponentially better than his father. That's right. Uh, and I would say we're probably doing a little bit better than our dad. That's what life is about though, right? Yeah, yeah. well, if you you're doing right, yeah. if you're doing it right. Yeah. Back then especially, like black fathers in the <laughs> South, and Man. They, my dad worked third shift at the post office, because you make a little, little extra money. Mm-hmm. Weekends, holidays, no vacations. To provide to get us to the middle class. That's right. Um, and I, I didn't appreciate it and respect it until all of a sudden we're forced to provide for for children. All right, we have more with Craig Melvin. You probably heard him on MSNBC. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Craig Melvin, Charlemagne. You know, you know, in the book you talk about how you know your father had a, a gambling addiction as well as well as liquor. I mean, that is really like mirrors my father. You know, but it it took a lot of OGs. Those two things took a lot of OGs in South Carolina down a down a bad path. Do you yes. think they got caught up because it was nothing else to do? Yeah. <laughs> You're right, and, and 
especially video poker. People don't. A lot of folks outside South Carolina don't realize the scourge that video poker was back in the the eighties and nineties in South Carolina. I mean, it was a, a two billion dollar industry, and you go in and you press some buttons and you're playing like poker with a computer. And my dad would go in on a Friday, and he like not an exaggeration, he blows his whole paycheck. I'm playing like video poker for six hours. You know, tall boy in one hand, video poker in the other. Like, <laughs> tall yeah. boy. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what a tall boy is? I have no idea what a tall Come boy is. Come on! It's <laughs> no like what a, what a uh, what, how many ounces of beer? What uh, is it? At least 24. 22, 24? 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall boy, like a Budweiser tall? <laughs> still, in the, still in the brown paper bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 40 to 22 hours, but I never heard of tall boy. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, anyway, Pops was, uh, he would have a couple tall boys. And so... But no, and his friends, to your point, like that was, and it wasn't typically just one addiction. It was, it was booze and gambling, or mm-hmm. booze and women, or booze and, and, and my dad, you know, but to his credit, gave up gambling, gave up drinking. In November, he was in the hospital for five days. We thought it was COVID. Thankfully, it wasn't. He had um, bacterial pneumonia. Doctor comes in, says, Mr. Melvin, um, how much do you smoke? He said, what do you mean? He's like, in a given day. So I'm probably down to a pack a day. He'd been a pack a day smoker for 40 years. Doc says, well, Mr. Melvin, you're gonna have to, have to stop smoking. I said, okay, all right. Hadn't had a cigarette since. Wow. Willpower, willpower I don't, I don't necessarily possess, but yeah, no, he's given up all of his vices. You know what this sounds like, you know, because when, when I read your book, you know, and it's something I knew, but it just, just reinforces it. The thing about fatherhood is really on the job training. Like, do you think it's it something is. you can ever truly learn no. to do? No, yeah. no, it's, it's, a, it's a journey, not a destination. And because the kids are different. Like, you know, you've got three your three girls, they're all, they're, my, my son and daughter, they're very different. And as they get older, they present new challenges, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, no, I think, I have found though, um, and this is something I know our fathers didn't do. You start talking to other other fathers, you start talking to other dads, you realize no one's doing it right. Like no, one's, no, one's, no one's mastered this. Right. Um, but it's, you know, my, uh, Carson Daly, uh, you know, he's, part of the Today Show and he gave me some advice a couple years ago that's always stayed with me. He said at some point you realize that everyone's sacrificing something. You know, either you're sacrificing time, you're sacrificing money, you're you're sacrificing something. Mm -hmm. You make peace with that and you decide you're going to focus over, you're going to focus on quality over quantity. That's right. So I'm going to miss some stuff. I'm not going to be at some little league games, some soccer games, maybe I'll miss a recital here and there because I've got to work. But when we are together, I'm present. I'm there. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not on the cell phone. Uh, and we're going to take great trips, great mm-hmm. vacations. We're going to make memories mm-hmm. uh, that last. And that's that's always something that stayed with me. What, what, what did your father learn about you that he didn't know when, when, when y'all were writing this book, doing these interviews? I don't think he knew. Scratch that. I know he didn't know how angry and resentful I was when I was younger. But he also did know how proud I was of, of what he has overcome and the man he's become. Um, and he didn't know that because I didn't tell him that. Um, and that's one of the reasons I, I wanted I wanted him to read this read this book. And it, it's it's a um, you know it's a love letter to him. And when I went to visit him at, at rehab down in uh, Statesboro, Georgia, he gives me this letter. Forty years, my father had never written me a letter. And he gives me gives me a letter, and it's 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 his story. And he had. At, at the beginning of therapy, I guess, decided that he needed to explain himself. Mm. And he explained all of it. Um, how he came to be the man that he was, how he came to be the man that he was not. Um, his father talked to, wrote, wrote about all of it and, and wanted me to have it. 
and I keep it in the safe. It's one of the one of my most treasured possessions. Um, but it's 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 just it's wild to think. And again, you know, part of it is on me. But it, it's wild to think that a, someone in their late 60s who struggled mightily with the addictions that he struggled with can decide late in life that he wants to, 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 to do better and be better uh, for his kids and for his grandkids primarily. Like I see my dad now with his grandchildren. I'm like, who is that man? Like he's riding bikes and out shooting hoops with my son. Like it's a, it's, it's the, the human spirit is, is something. Like, you know what I love about it? I love the fact that he's doing it because of what's happening here on earth. A lot of people get right at the end of their life because of what they think is going to happen in the afterlife. But he's like, no, I want to get right because of what's happening here on earth in this moment. Yes. That's a, that is a, that's a good point. I, didn't even, I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. He talks about his faith a little bit in the book. You know, we used to go to church. I mean, I grew up in the church and dad would never go. And, and I asked him, I, we talked a fair amount about that. And he finally, and it made perfect sense when he, when he explained it, he's never had a, a great deal of patience for hypocrites. And he, he found in the church, uh, a lot of the folks who were there on Sunday were the same folks that he was drinking with or shooting craps with on Saturday. <laughs> uh, and a lot of the folks who were in the choir were the same folks who were you know, cheating on their wives. Um, and he didn't have patience for that. He, he just, and, so it's I get it yeah I got it I got it after he explained it mm -hmm. I didn't get it you know when I was 15 I was like why well, don't dad have to go to church three times a week like we do um, but it's it's um, I learned a lot you describe your father as a ghost oh yeah that was a nickname um, one of my friends gave him I won't I won't I won't, get, I won't say her name because we're, we're still friends. But um, no, because you know, when you're growing up, kid, you know, parents are showing up for events, and my mom was always there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're a little too much. Um, but my dad was never there. When he started playing video poker, there was a, a place called Tom's Party Shop where he would usually play, which is about a mile away from the house. If you were coming to Columbia High School on the school bus, you you could always see what was happening at Tom's Party Shop. My, my dad drove a 1973 Pontiac Le Mans. He was the only person in America probably driving uh, a, a bright green 1973 Pontiac Le Mans <laughs> mm -hmm. in 1992. And so the, anytime someone saw the car, they knew it was my dad. So people, kids would be coming on the school bus or driving to school and they'd see, you know, at 6.30 or 7 in the morning, there's my dad playing video poker, drinking his tall boys at Tom's party shop. And so one of my friends one morning was like, hey, I saw your pops up at, up at uh, Tom's party shop. He's like a ghost. Like, you know, sometimes you'll see him real fast and he's gone and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I've never seen your dad's face. And she was right. She's telling the truth. But she nicknamed him the ghost. And it was a, a, a nickname that stayed. And it came to, to represent uh, later in life kind of who he was uh, to me. Kind of there physically, mm -hmm. but not really there emotionally or, or mentally um, or any other way for that matter. All right, well, don't move from NBC. We have Craig Melvin joining us today. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Craig Melvin. Charlemagne? One thing, even reading your book, and I, I, I realized with, with fathers, it's like that's what you want from your father, right? Like you want that emotion. Like yes. I feel like for, for my life, all I got was discipline. Yes. From my dad. Not real emotion. Not real Love. Yes. Did you do you feel like you're getting that now from him? Now I am. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. But to your earlier point, Charlemagne, I mean that's we got that because that's what they knew. They didn't they weren't capable. They they were not capable of being the kind of dads 
that we wanted them to be, that we that we needed them to be. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have they didn't have the tools in the toolbox. Um, but I didn't realize that until later in life. Yeah. Um, so it's I I yes I get that now from my my dad now. You know, he'll FaceTime at 2 in the afternoon. Yeah, he's retired. He'll FaceTime at 2 in the afternoon. He's like, oh, what's going on? What are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm at work, Pops. I can't, you know. But I always answer the call. And he and I, one thing I love about my dad, unlike my mother, whom I love, uh, that's a separate book, but um, he never keeps you on the phone too long. Like, it's always it's three, three minutes, maybe four minutes if it's something serious. That's it. So that's why I can talk to him every day. Mom calls. You know, it's 40 minutes. Like, you, there's no, you can't wrap my <laughs> So, but he calls, he just checks in um, and always ends with, I love you. I love you, man. Yeah, I love yeah, you. Absolutely. I was 20, maybe college graduation before I heard my dad say I love you. <sighs> I never heard it as a kid. No. Ever. No. Really? Then it's, you know, no, and hugs. Oh, man, please. there was no, <laughs> no hugs. Like, it was, mm-hmm. you start hugging, like, you, you going, what's going on with you? Um, really? No, 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 no demonstrations of, of affection. No, that's not, that was not, again, I think a lot of it goes back to uh, cultural and generational, but mm-hmm. no, my dad, now, you know, every time you see him, he's hugging, and I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a good thing. Yes. Evolution. And anyone's capable of it. That's Absolutely. one of the reasons I, I wanted to write the book. Like it's, and it's also about, you know, a lot of times in our families, you have people who struggle with things. Mm-hmm. You write them off. Sometimes you do it consciously. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do it, you know, subconsciously. But you, 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 you write them off. You kind of put them in a corner. That's just who they are. That's who they're going to be. You never, you just don't deal with them. Uh, and we did that with my dad for twenty years, off and on. Uh, and that's that was time that we probably could have could have had back. But you know, what, 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 I did, by the way, I, I watched the show and listened to it. I didn't realize how therapeutic it was. I mean, this is this is cheaper than therapy. That's yeah. why you have good long form conversations. This is great. You could charge people to come in here and like. Gotta be against the law, but yeah, this is just That's good true. conversations. <laughs> what, what, what was it like to like really interview your father? And the reason I ask that because having real vulnerable conversations with your dad, no matter how old you are, is so difficult. Like it's conversations I want to have with my pops right now that I still haven't even you know got the courage to have yet. So how how was it having that real vulnerable honest conversation? One of um one of the highlights of my life. And that's what's going to be a great gift for my kids and grandchildren and great grandkids one day cuz we've got like hours of these recordings of me doing what you're doing right now just asking questions. And I had to a couple times I had to remember I was a journalist and take off my my son hat. I had to work up to the serious stuff. And it became apparent after about the first hour he wanted to talk like he he had been waiting for years on on some of these questions about his relationship with with his wife with my mother mm-hmm. uh, how that came to be like there's for instance I read about it in the book there's this picture of me at at their wedding reception I was born in '79 they got married in '82 um, and I'm at the wedding reception I'm in a little blue suit I've always seen this picture and I was like oh wow it's part of the big day I asked my dad about the wedding reception. In the course of our interview, he was like, wedding reception? We didn't have a wedding reception. I was like, no, no, I've, 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 I've seen these pictures. I, I was there. He's like, no, 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 no that, that wasn't a wedding reception. And proceeds to explain um, how on their wedding day, my mom wanted a traditional wedding. He didn't want to have anything to do with that. And his cousin had to convince him to go to the party that she threw after, um, like a week or two after they got married at the courthouse. I didn't know any of that. I'm 42 years old. Mm. I, I never knew my parents' origin story. Mm. 
And, <laughs> Same. And, and, you know, and, I, I, and in my mind, you know, in our minds, we create these stories. Yeah. And then you start talking to dad and it's like, oh. I wanted you to dig a little deeper on how your, his, your relationship with your father affected your relationship with women. Mm. And the reason I say that is because my father, you know, infidelity all throughout the marriage. I remember even approaching my pops one time about cheating on my mom and him saying to me, you only got one woman. One day you go understand. So it's just like that's a real mind. F so you go from either saying to yourself, okay, I got to have multiple women because that's what pop said. Right. I got to be the exact opposite of my pops because I don't want to, you know, ruin my family the way my pops ruined his. So I just wondered, you know, did it did it have any impact? It did. And that was actually one of the reasons I started therapy in my 20s um, was because I was, I found myself um, incapable of of having meaningful substantive relationships mm. and I started I started talking to a therapist and, and she quickly helped me realize that one of the major reasons was because you know my father um, for a variety of reasons a lot of which related to the to the addiction he didn't treat my mother very well mm -hmm. um, but again it goes back to what we were talking about like he didn't know he didn't know how to be a good husband That's right. he, he didn't see you know he had three siblings my grandma was, you know, at one point in her life was running liquor, uh, running numbers, you know, did a couple stints in prison for it. And so that's that's what he saw growing up. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't see his mother treated well. He consequently didn't treat, you know, my mother very well. I saw that growing up and I just came to understand that that's, you know, that was the dynamic between husband and wife. So that should be the dynamic between you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, so I, I probably owe a number of women from my my twenties, maybe early thirties, uh, an apology. <laughs> uh, and what, what did you, what did your father say about your relationship when, when you decided to settle down and get married? I remember vividly on my wedding day when you look to your dad for some from some sage wisdom. You know, doing your time. I remember being in the in the bathroom and and I said I I think I maybe even teed him up for it. And uh, I remember him saying vividly, "Listen." You know, we don't do divorce. That was it. That was that was the. That was, that was a long conversation. That was it. That was it. We don't do divorce. This is permanent. Yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, that yeah. was um, no, but that's one thing about that. Like even before I got married, there were a, a couple young ladies that I dated seriously, and he always. I remember one. Uh, you please don't. Okay. 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 All thank right. You, thank you. So don't do that, Envy. Don't look over there. Yeah, I'll leave him alone. Please. Thank you. It's great. Thank you. But he always took to him. Like he he was always far nicer. Uh, to my girlfriends and me, and far nicer than my mother was. Um, so no, but it's but you again when you when you know better, you do better. That's right. Um, and and we know better. And thank God for it. Think what, about how well adjusted our children are going to be. It'll be Father's Day this weekend. Mm -hmm. So how would you define yourself as a father, Mr. Melvin? Oh, man, y'all are good at this question asking thing. I, I, I sometimes forget. It's and it's also not always fun to be on the other side either. Tell you that much. But it's not uh, questions, it's conversation. Yeah, but still questions. Um, how would I? That's a good question, Sean. Let me let me think. Let me let me actually stop and think about my answer before I just. How would I describe myself as a father? Permissive, perhaps too much so sometimes. Um, fun. I again, my kids are young, so I can. You know, we we a lot of lot of rolling around the floor, a lot of lot of wrestling with my son. I'd, I'd also like to think Charlemagne as a dad. I I listen a lot. I engage them 
in substantive conversations every day, mm-hmm. like to, to force them to think. And I don't want to be my kid's best friend. I have no interest in that. Nothing good comes from that. Um, but I, I do want them to think that I should be the first call or text um, when something's wrong or mm. if, 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 if someone has hurt them or they're scared or they're worried. I want, I want to have that kind of relationship with my children um, that, that we didn't have. Uh, where they can come to me first and not go out into the world first. Um, so that's I think that's the that's the at least that's the kind of dad I'm trying to be. Wait, wait, Some wait. days I'm better at it than others. You know. Oh, did so I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. And that's and cool. I, th- I actually think you know the definition will change. You know, that's true. It's going to change. You got young kids. It's going to change when they get in their teens. It's going. You know what I mean? It's going to constantly change. It's going to constantly evolve. So. And my dad yeah. always say, "Fun, firm, and fair." That's good. That's that's that, that's what he said. He says, I'm a fun dad, I'm firm, but I'm fair. But I'm fair. And that's what I try to be with my kids. I think it's a great book. So go get my man Craig Melvin's book, Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father. It is the perfect uh, Father's Day gift. This should be in everybody's, I'm about to say Father's Day stockings. There's no Father's Day stockings. There should be, though. There, there should, should be Father's <laughs> Day stockings. Someone should start that. That's right. It's a great Father's Day gift for the weekend, man. Go get that. And what was the dog's name that kissed you on your mouth? Trouble. Trouble. God okay, rest his soul. All right. Rest his soul. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. All right. Well, let's get to the rumors. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's tell Big Soldier. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Soldier Boy, tell him, had some issues with Charlemagne. And this is all from the Migos interview when they were talking about the Mount Rushmore of Atlanta. And Envy suggested that Soldier Boy should be on there. And here's what happened. What is it, four spaces? Yeah, four spaces. So with us, okay. Come on, what else? What we got? You got to put Little John on it. Crunk, snap, that's all John. And he's still getting money. He's at Crunk and the Chanel. He's right. Yeah. And EDM. So you ain't going to put Soldier Boy on there then? No. Man. Soldier not even from <laughs> Atlanta. Switch up this mess. Switch up this mess. <laughs> Don't start it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> Don't you start it. I'm going to well, be honest. I had no like... idea. I had no idea Soldier was from Atlanta. I, I When I think of Soldier Boy, I think of the internet. Really? <laughs> I do. I think of the internet. I'm dead serious. Bow Wow's the one that's from Atlanta. Was... In my mind, Soldier Boy was born online. No. Well, don't get him started again because he definitely went off. Playing with me, Charlemagne, the guy, Breakfast Club. What the fuck did you talk about? I'm not from Atlanta. Nigga, where the fuck I'm from? Nigga. Where the fuck you think I shot Crank that at? Where the fuck you think I went to school at? Where the fuck you think I grew up at? Where the fuck you think I was jumping the monorail at? Well, stop playing. You know, make me call my motherfucking mama, nigga. Oh, God, I'm gonna call my mama, bro. Well, you better be glad I can't find my phone. Mama, if you watching this, you call on my your phone. phone. Man, listen to me, bro. Don't never play with my motherfucking name, nigga. Oh, God, nigga. God damn it. I'm from Westside, nigga. Zone 1, Simpson Road, nigga. It's a problem, nigga. We can see about that, nigga. On my mama, nigga. Show me the bomb for Big Draco, God damn it. Don't let him call his mama. Where's his phone? You on your phone, soldier. God damn right, oh, soldier boy. Man. He been playing enough. What else he said? Well, he had a lot of things go down in Atlanta, so we want to make sure we get to that because he has a lot of memories. You can't do that. Not on no public ass platform with millions of folks seeing this. We're going to dress this. Y'all want me to come up to the Breakfast Club? Cool, I'll be there. You know it's our love. It's love. I love Charlemagne. Don't get it twisted. It ain't no smoke. 
It ain't nothing like that. I love Charlemagne. I love Angelique. I love DJ Envy. I salute you, Envy, because you the one who said Soldier Boy need to be on the Mount Rushmore. Y'all know what I did for hip hop. I don't know why they play on my name. I don't give a f I got more money than all of them. I told them, Soldier. They don't be listening to me, Soldier. I Look, told them. The blogs are hell, too. They literally played the clip of Soldier Boy's WWE promo cursing me out and, and whatever, but didn't play the part of him saying he loves me and loves the Breakfast Club. I love Big Draco, too, okay? When Soldier come to New York, I'm going to take him to go do some meditation, teach him some breathing exercises so he can calm down, even though I love when he's turned up. No, play some more. <laughs> play some more. I do love when Big Draco is turned up. Well, he also had some issues with him. Hitmaker because okay. Hitmaker was in the comment section and he was putting the laughing emojis and you know you can't do that at about a serious topic. Young Bird, you is a bitch, boy. <laughs> Go get your chain back. Then I take your chain a long time ago, that transformer chain, you ain't never get it back. When you always getting robbed and punched and beat up and shit, nigga, nigga, don't never be on the no comments on the academic post leaving no laughing emojis. You lame. Stick to stealing beats. You don't make beats for real. Stick to get <laughs> to make the beats for you, and you sell them to other artists and act like you made it. On his mouth! Big Draco! Play with Soldier if you want! Drop one of Clues Bobs for Big Draco. You know what I love about Big Draco? I like when he starts off just regular, and then it just goes up and 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 up. Where's my phone? Soldier, you're on your phone. Oh, I can't do it. He might have another Y'all can't do it right. Y'all can't do it right. Nobody, nobody can do it like Big Draco. <laughs> no, nobody. Else. Okay, and by the way, Soldier Boy know exactly what he's doing. There's nobody better at that internet thing than Soldier Boy. Tell him, okay? Soldier All Boy right, got well, that two is your songs. He, he got two, he got two songs out right now. Make him clap. He got the Rick and Morty record, both buzzing crazy, and he's doing. He's 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 pushing those records. I'm not mad at it. You scared? Who? You. Why wouldn't I be scared of Big Draco? Oh, as long as you know. All of y'all should be afraid of Big Draco. No, I'm on. I said put him on the, the Mount Rushmore. Big Draco should put fear in all y'all goddamn hearts, okay? Drop on the clues bomb for Soldier Boy. Even the Migos was like, now calm down. That's now, right. That's right. As soon as you speak, you see, as soon <laughs> as you speak Soldier Boy's name, everybody like, yo, calm down now. Let's not do that. Let's <laughs> not that do going. that. Let's not go there. Okay. Don't crank that. With Big Draco. <laughs> Big Draco be up here soon. All right. He'll be up here soon. I'm sure. No, he'll be up here soon. All right. Well, that was your rumor report. That was fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you go after that? Who are you giving your donkey to? Uh, four after the hour, we need a young lady named Alexis Talley from Florida to come to the front of the congregation. We would like to have a word with her. All right. We'll get into that next. You can't Club. do it like so. I know. I tried, man. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela Yee here, and did you know that the General Insurance has been saving people money for nearly 60 years? That's a long time. So if you want the quality coverage you deserve at prices you can afford, check out The General. 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Make sure you tell them to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for attacking a flamingo. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Donkey of the day with Charlemagne the God. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. Well, donkey of the day for Thursday, June 17th goes to a 23-year-old Florida woman named Alexis Talley. Now, what does your Uncle Charla always say about the great state of Florida? Say it with me. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. 
It is what it is. Okay, I love Florida, but one of my favorite things to do when I'm in Florida is turn on the local news. High levels of entertainment, people. Okay, I can't believe it's free. I was in Miami last weekend just watching the local news and laughing and shaking my head. Very hard to avoid the crazy that exists in Florida. You know, every day of our lives, we wake up and we attempt to avoid crazy. It's hard to avoid crazy in Florida. It's like a full-time job to avoid crazy in Florida because in Florida, you don't have to find crazy. Crazy will find you. And that's exactly what happened in this situation involving the sister Alexis Talley. Now, Alexis Talley was arrested for domestic battery after putting hands on her girlfriend. Now, the other day I told y'all on this radio uh, how I had a dream. No, let me rephrase. I had a nightmare that I was uh, cheating on my wife. And in the nightmare, I felt the guilt. So I stopped. And then when I woke up the next morning, my wife said to me that she had a dream that I cheated on her and she woke up wanting to F me up. When you got a soul tie with a person, y'all are really connected, synced up like your smartphone with a Bluetooth. That's me and my wife. Well, my wife said she felt like she wanted to F me up because of her dream. Alexis Talley actually F'd her girlfriend up because of the dream. Okay, because of the dream her girlfriend was having. Oh, how I wish there was a news report for this one, but allow me to read you the details off the smoking gun. Police responded to calls from a neighbor who said they could hear a fight taking place. When authorities arrived at the scene, the 21-year-old victim said she was awoken after Alexis Talley claimed to hear her sleep talking about an ex. I'm not making this up. Okay, if you're thinking what the F, please think what the Florida. Alexis Talley started beating on her girlfriend in her sleep because she thought she heard her girlfriend sleep talking about an ex. According to the arrest report, Alexis started punching the victim in the face after waking her and cops noted that she had visible swelling to the right side of her face. Now, when they say Alexis woke her up, was it with the punch or before? Now, I'm going to shoot Alexis a little bell. That's slang, by the way. I'm not giving her no money towards her bell. I'm just talking about a hypothetical about, about the situation. I'm almost positive that if I mentioned another woman that I was involved with while I was in a deep slumber, I, too, would get punched in the face. What about you, Envy? I concur. Mm -hmm. Not justifying what Alexis did, just saying that uh, as Florida as this sounds, this might garner the same reaction in any state. I mean, my wife woke up wanting to F me up because of a dream she had that I was doing something. Imagine if she would have woke up to me calling out the name of some other woman I dealt with. My oh, God. Jeez. This is why hot grits used to get thrown on brothers in the 60s and 70s. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, your granddaddy got a scar right now on his back from that hot grits because he too. <laughs> Was saying somebody else's name <laughs> in, in his sleep. Okay, Muhammad Ali once said, if you even dream of beating me, you'd better wake up and apologize. Same rules apply with your significant other. Okay, just change beating to cheating. If you even dream of cheating on your girl, you better wake up and apologize. Now, Alexis was arrested for domestic battery and has maintained that their argument was only verbal, verbal rather than physical. She told the officers... <laughs> She told the officers that the mark on her girlfriend's face was from a previous fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. That's not funny. It's not funny, but it's Florida. It's Florida. Okay. She told the police not the fight that was reported to the police. That was last week. It was from another fight. Mm -mm. So basically, Mr. Officer, that mark on her face wasn't from when I beat her this time. That was from the last time we fought. <sighs> oh, I boy don't have anything else here <laughs> okay <laughs> please give alexis tally the sweet sounds of the hamiltons oh now you are the donkey of the day Ooh, you are the donkey
how would you react if you heard your man um, saying the name of an ex in his sleep? Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> We'd have a conversation. Okay. Definitely swing on him. We'd have a conversation. It might not go well. We might not talk for a couple of weeks. Mm. You don't think it would resort to violence, though? You're not no, a violent I'm person. I'm not a violent person. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe in putting my hands on people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. I think we should play a game. You think we should play a game? I'm curious. Really? To know what race this is. Really? Yes. Oh. Uh, okay. Yes. What was the name? What was the name of the ex? I need to know. They that. didn't say the name of the ex. They didn't say the name of the ex. All right. Well, okay. Since Envy wants to play, I guess it's time for a game of Guess What Race It Is! All right, what's the clues? Now, Alexis Tally. Alexis. From Florida. Florida. She was asleep. They both were asleep with her girlfriend, and her girlfriend was sleep talking and said the name of her ex, so Alexis swung on her. Guess What Race She Is! When you want to start? Yee, go. Latina. <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Angelie said Latina. Why you say Latina, uh, Angelie? I don't know. I just felt like it. Okay, okay. Uh, DJ Envy, Alexis yes. Tally from Florida. Okay, uh, she was with her girlfriend. Her girlfriend was talking in her sleep, and her girlfriend said her ex's name allegedly. So Alexis got up and swung on her. Guess what race she is? All right. The, le- the name Alexis makes me feel black, but. I'm going Puerto Rican. How dare you? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what Alexis Tally is. I'm looking Why at her. Why would you play this game? How <laughs> we play the game? You don't know what she looked like. Envy has to play. I, th- I don't know. Let me see. Let me see. That Let me see. <laughs> I'm just always down for the game. It's just a good guessing game. She might be Puerto Rican. She might be. But then she might be black. She might be. She mixed. She might be half and half. What does what, what look like she? to you, Daniel? What is Alexis Tally? She looked black to me. No, she looked Puerto Rican. What she looked she like? Does, yeah, she does. Uh, definitely a, Puerto Rican. I'm Sometimes a, you can't look at a person and tell. You're right. You can't look at a person and tell. You definitely can't. Well, okay. right. This is a pointless game. Yeah, pointless game. All right. yeah, this made no sense. It's been no. anticlimactic. And you wanted to play. I thought you knew the answer. Well, we'll find out on social media later. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody <laughs> let us know. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that donkey today. Up next, ask ye 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on, relationship advice need personal advice just need real advice call up now for ask ye keep it real morning everybody it's dj envy angela ye charlamagne the guy we are the breakfast club it's time for ask ye hello who's this hello eddie from miami hey what's your question for ye okay angela i need help okay Okay, so my homegirl and I have been best friends for like 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Her and her boyfriend have been together for around that same time, like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me why her boyfriend started messaging me. Like, what? At first, it, at first it was like innocent. Like, I'm an accountant. So he asked me like all kind of like money, investing, all kind of things like that, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then it started getting into the soul. What are you doing tonight? So, uh, how are you, like, getting more personal? And I, I shut it down. Like, I'm like, nah, you can't be talking to me like that. You Did you ever tell that. your friend, too? Okay, so I told her, right? But 
I just heard the whole story. I was just like, hey, you know, he's been messaging me. But it's the fact that it's like, dang, I should have told her everything. Like, him trying to link up and stuff. You should tell her. Ain't that your friend? Right. But now it's getting even worse because out of nowhere, Kim's best friend started messaging me like, oh, you should pull up on us. Like, we never see you no more. You're good. And I just feel like his best friend is trying to get me and my best friend's boyfriend together, if that makes sense. His best friend is trying to get... Oh, okay. So they're trying to hook it up because he likes you. Listen, this is your best friend. That's how I feel like... That comes before everything. I don't even know why this is a question for you. Do you like him or something? I think I do. Like, you know... Oh, girl. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. That's why I'm really calling because I'm in a position where I'm like, listen, let me just lay it all out on the table. Hey, no, you're with my friend. I can't say nothing. Like, I know right from wrong. Yes, it's off limits. If that's your best friend's man and he's messaging you and saying inappropriate things and trying to link up and other people are now involved, this all going to come out, number one. Number two, you should not be attracted to your best friend's man. Would you be willing to sacrifice your relationship with your best friend? Not at all. Like That's why I told her half the story, but I feel horrible because now I'm like, I should have told her everything from the jump. Yeah, if, imagine like, she go through. Message. Imagine she go through his phone and see those messages that you didn't tell her about. Lord, I don't. But I don't know why I like him now. Like I feel like he and I have so much of a connection, and I'm just like I should not be coming this way. So Let me I'm tell you sad. something. He ain't. Sh- he really ain't. And neither are you right now. Don't tell me that, please. I'm just keeping it real. How would you feel if it was the other way around? Yeah. I feel like, you know, this, like there's no kind of loyalty, no kind of trust. Listen, I I would hate to have to question my best friend like this. I know. And you, okay, well, I, just, I feel like I needed to get cursed out. And, you yeah, know, you moving real yeah, questionable. So you got to look at yourself and be like, is this the person who I am? Right. Is this the best friend who I am? Over some guy right. who ain't shit that's probably trying to kick it to mad other chicks too. Mm. Don't okay, think, don't yeah, think, okay. don't think you the only one. That's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah, I, I got it now. It's like, it's in my head. I got it. All right. <laughs> Do the right thing. All right, ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, hit ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? My name is Boss Bree. I'm from Houston, Texas. Hey, what's your question for Yee? Okay, so I'm 26 years old. I'm very successful. I'm a teacher, but I'm having a hard time, you know, finding a significant other. I don't know if they're intimidated by me because I'm successful, but... I'm having a hard time. All right. So what are you what are you doing to try to actually find somebody that you want to be with? Well, I'm like on dating apps, but they're not really accurate all the time because some of these guys don't really have jobs. They live with their moms. So mm-hmm. what dating apps are you on? There's this one on Facebook and there's okay. one like on, called Bumble and then there's uh, Hinge. Like I'm on a lot. All right, yeah, I enjoy Bumble and I enjoy Facebook. I actually use Bumble Biz. And I want to say a couple of things. Do you go out in person to ever meet people as well? Um, Not lately because it doesn't really seem like nobody wants to go on a date. 
But you don't have to go on a date. But do you go out? Like, do you have friends who you go out with sometimes in a casual environment and group settings? Do your friends know you're looking? Are they trying to hook you up with some of their friends? Uh, yeah, they know. I have had a friend try to hook me up with someone before. Because sometimes you have to be open to things like you have to be out there. You have to start conversations with people. You have to be in places where it's a social atmosphere. Sometimes even just going out and uh, taking a class and something that interests you and moving out of your comfort zone, I think is really important when it comes to dating. A lot of times we get comfortable with just swiping and we're not out there living our life. And sometimes when you uh, take some classes or you go certain places or you do certain things, you meet people who have similar interests, too. So, like, what would you say would be a good place to meet a good guy? I think if you go to, like, certain, like, mixers, if there's any events that you can go to or some type of after work uh, social activities, Mm -hmm. things like that are really good. I try to make sure that I speak to people wherever I go. Like, if I'm in Home Depot, if I'm in the Apple store, you know, just be friendly. And sometimes just even having that type of persona brings more uh, energy to you. Okay. Well, I always try not to be, like, thirsty. I try to let them come to me. But it's not even about being thirsty. You know what I'm saying? That's the issue. Like, you don't have to look at everybody as your potential mate. Sometimes you just have to go out and enjoy meeting people and knowing people. They could be a friend. You could never see them again. But you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to find your significant other. What you're trying to do is meet people who could play some type of part in your life or maybe just, you know... Have a nice social interaction, but it doesn't have to be, is that person going to be the one? Right. Well, I'll try that. Thank you. I love y'all. You guys' show It's amazing. I listen every morning. You guys are awesome. All right. I feel good about it, though. And and I'm happy for you that you are such a self-sufficient person, but I do feel like... You know, sometimes we have to get, about, get out of our own way. Sometimes it's also the energy that we're putting out there. So just go out there. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. You're still really young and you have time and yeah. things can change in one day. You never know what can happen. So, Yeah, shout out to all the young bosses. I just bought a house and I'm getting my master's. Hey. Shout out to us. Yeah, shout out to us. All right. And don't let nobody use your credit, okay? Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you, mama. All right, ask ye, 800-585-1051. Now you got rumors on the way? Yes, and I cannot wait to see this documentary. There's a new documentary out, and this is about an artist who actually threw cocaine on the desk, snorted it, jumped on top of the desk, took out his penis, and shoved it in the president's of the label's face. We'll tell you who it is. What? All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, this new documentary that's coming looks like it's going to be amazing. And it is about Rick James. It's uh, revealed by his former manager, Kerry Gordy. It's a new documentary called Bitchin', The Sound and Fury of Rick James. It premiered Tuesday night at the Tribeca Film Festival. It is available to stream on Tribeca at Home starting now. You got to pay for it. Mm -hmm. But it'll be on Showtime uh, later on in September. Just FYI, if you want to wait for that. But it, it sounds too amazing. I might have to pay for this one. And watch it and not wait till September 3rd on Showtime. But some of the things that is revealed in the documentary, uh, they said that actually Rick James really helped out Lionel Richie's career. And the reason why this happened uh, is because Rick James was frustrated 
by disappointing sales for his album Throwing Down that came out in 1982 and the tour. So he went into the office of then Motown president Jay Lasker. He was delivering his next album and he started to pour Coke onto the desk. He snorted it, jumped on top of the desk, took out his penis and shoved it in uh, Lasker's face while yelling, sell my goddamn record. You know what's crazy? That story sounds nuts until you say it's Rick James. When you Cocaine te- is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Yeah, when you teased it earlier, I was like, what? But when you say it's Rick James, I'm like, okay. The adventures of Rick James. That's Rick James. Now, just so you know, the this, uh, Kerry Gordy is the eldest son of Barry mm-hmm. Gordy who founded Motown. So he's the person who's uh, announcing all of this and kind of uh, making sure that we get all of these amazing stories. There's one surprise that comes early in the movie. It's revealed that in the beginning of his music career, he fled to Toronto to escape the Navy. And he went by the name of Ricky Matthews. So he was in a band with Neil Young back then in a 60s band until their manager actually dimed him out for deserting it and he ended up in trouble for that. Uh, now here's the trailer for that documentary. P-Funk, Parliament, Bootsy, all these people, they were kind of looking at Rick sideways because he had learned how to craft pop with funk. And so he hit the big time faster than they did. Rick was the smartest one out of all of us. He sold a lot of records. People came to the concerts and, you know, he used to talk about, yeah, I'm selling more records than y'all. I think George took offense a little bit, but all was fair and funk and warm. (laughs) He sounds like a character. And if you hear some of these stories and, you know, that's what made Lionel Richie as big as he did because the label decided to push Lionel Richie after Rick James did that stunt with the cocaine and taking out his penis. They said the president was just like Lionel Richie. That's all he said when he left the office. In other words, uh, that's who we're going to be concerned about now. They also said that even though he was a very freaky guy, he had his own limits. His sexual exploits were more. You do that to that person. Let me watch. I want to orchestrate. According to his ex-wife, he wasn't personally involved. He was not that kind of super freak. He didn't let people touch him. He wasn't like in the orgy. He would watch the orgy. He's a director. Yeah, yes. more like that. Yeah. By the way, Showtime be getting all the great docs from uh, all of the, the black legends. You know, they got a, a Dick like Gre- Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass. They got a mm-hmm. Dick Gregory documentary coming as um as well too. So salute to Showtime. All right, now Wendy Williams is talking about the Foxy Brown book, and she's spilling some tea that we don't know is really true. Now, my girl Kim Osario is writing Foxy Brown's memoir. Shout out to and Kim. Can't wait to read it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That memoir is coming out in December. Here is what Wendy Williams said. I remember when Foxy and Jay-Z had... Um, I'll be. Yeah, I'll be. that was a good one. Okay, Foxy was the star of that. Jay-Z was standing in the corner, wringing his hands, talking about, okay, all right, what do I do next? And then, you know, this was allegedly a romantical thing. It's, it's all right, I'll say alleged, but we know, we know. Yeah, she hit it before Beyonce. <laughs> allegedly. You can't, yeah. Oh, she added the allegedly. I was like, you cannot just say that. Yeah, you can't make it. Not, not unless you was dead and you saw for yourself. If not, you got to say allegedly because, you know, that's, that's defamation. I don't know if it's defamation, but it's, you definitely be held liable for that because it's not true. She also well, we said some kind of nasty true. things we don't know if it's true or not. about Foxy Brown's hair loss because she started talking, um, hearing loss, because she started talking about how she wants her to, um, how how she's going to figure out how to do an audio version of the memoir. That's not cool. Oh, my God. So. I can't wait to read the book, though, because I'm yeah, sure Foxy got a great yeah. story, and she got the, the, the legendary Kim Osario writing it with her, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Randomly, when I was at Caroline's that night where uh, Wendy and Miss Jones were there, Kim Osario was with me also. 
that night. Okay. When we ran into her. All right. Now, Paris Jackson was on Red Table Talk, and she did a sit-down interview with Just Willow Smith, and she was talking about a lot of different things. Uh, she was talking about her past attempts to end her own life and what helped her break out of that mentality and the two of them just really had a really great in-depth conversation. She talked about her PTSD from paparazzi. I experience audio hallucinations sometimes of camera clicks and severe paranoia and have been going to therapy for a lot of things, but that included, and I've like started eating. Like you hear I, I, I'll hear like a trash bag rustling and I like flinch and panic. Is that from the paparazzi? Yeah, wow. I think it's just like, it's just standard PTSD. That's awful. She also talked about her failed suicide attempts. Here's what she said. Well, do feel regret when they try and attempt suicide, um, like a last minute regret. There have been times where I did and times when I didn't, where I was upset that it didn't work. Yeah. But I can say like several years later that like, I'm really grateful that it didn't. Lord have wow. mercy. Mm -mm. Definitely sending healing she energy said, to uh, Paris Jackson. Absolutely. She said every day people told her to kill herself. What do you mean? And like on social like media? Like on social media, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. In addition to that, she talked about how she feels like her dad, Michael Jackson, would be proud. I just feel like you've done such a beautiful and graceful job of doing your own thing because kids like us do. We feel like we have to live up to this certain standard. I feel like it's still probably there somewhere in the back of my head. But the louder thing that competes is that I feel like my dad would be proud. Yeah, I'm sure you would be. Thank God for therapy. I hope that she's, uh, you know, doing the work. To, to get a handle on all of that type of all that trauma she's dealing with. Well, at the end of this, Paris Jackson and Willow Smith actually went to the studio and did some music together. You saw they talked about it. They said, let's go do some music. Should we just go to the studio? And then there were pictures of them together in the studio. But all right. she did say the music does help her. All right. And that is your rumor report. All right. Shout to Revolt. Everybody else to mix us up next. Today is Kendrick Lamar's birthday. So let's get on. Some the Kendrick. legend. The leader of the new school. Yeah. Last decade. So we'll get on some Kendrick. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Brought to you by the all-new season of the FX original comedy, Dave, based on the life of Dave Bird, a.k.a. Little Dicky. Dave drops Wednesday, June 16th at 10, 9 central on FXX, streaming next day on FX on Hulu. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line this morning, a, a couple of brothers. We have uh, Thomas Dorch Jr. He's the chairman of the board for 100 Black Men of America Incorporated. And also we have Otis Threat joining us this morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How's everything? Hey, it's marvelous. It's a wonderful sunny day here in, in Atlanta, Georgia. No complaints. Now, for people that don't know, what is the organization 100 Black Men of America? And y'all got way more than 100 Black Men in the organization. So <laughs> let's break yes, it right. down and let's break down the name and what, and what you brothers do for, for the community. Well, we have thousands of members. Uh, we, we actually got our start, our first chapter in New York, 1963, founded by the late Jackie Robinson, the late uh, Mayor uh, David Dinkins, Edison Wingate. But the key is they came together in 63, dealing with some of the same issues we're dealing with today. And it was dealing with public safety. And at that time in 63, black police officers could not arrest white citizens uh, unless they had a white police officer with them. And on this particular day in 63, one of our brothers was at the scene of the crime, arrested the white citizen, and there was an uproar in the department. And so all of these men came together. They changed the paradigm in the public safety department in New York. And at the end of the year, 
The question was, will we stay together? They said, yes. So the next question was, what shall we call ourselves? And David Dinkins said, we'll call ourselves who we are, 100 black men. Wow. And that gave rise to 100 black men incorporated in New York. And in 1986, with nine chapters, we came together and created 100 Black Men of America. Today, we have 103 chapters. We're in Africa, England, the Caribbean islands, over 125,000 young people in our mentoring program, and about 8,000 members who make a difference. And so what we do, is, it, our whole motto is, what they see is what they'll be. And we're real men given real time, and of course, we have what is for for the future. Everything we do must fit in those four categories, education, mentoring, health and wellness, and economic empowerment with an overlay of leadership development. And the, the organization is moving and, and we are really uh, real men who are investing the time all over. We got everybody from professional athletes, retired athletes, corporate execs, you know, Ken Chenault, all of these people have been a part of this great organization making a difference. So so what's the overall theme of, th of this year's conference? Well, the theme for this year's conference, Otis, why don't you just lay that on yeah, us? Yeah, uh, this year is uh, time to act. We so. ain't come to see you, yeah. Otis. <laughs> hey, I'm here. <laughs> it's time to act, adapt, uh, again, challenge and triumph. And that basically is that we can't be sitting on the sidelines, those who have not been, to sit on the sideline and just watch what's going on. They've got to be engaged, got to be involved. We've got to fight to win. And then, of course, we've got to challenge those issues, even as we did when the previous president wanted to divide this nation and the issue of racism. We were right there dealing with it then. And the last thing that is this whole issue on COVID-19 with this challenge is that we cannot continue to spread the myths. I got my uh, second vaccine shot four months ago, Pfizer, no side effects. But if you've had almost 600,000 people to die from this virus, why would you be afraid of maybe two days of, of discomfort if you have two days Understanding because you're black, and that's the other myth. Black people don't get don't get COVID nineteen. Look at how many of our people have died. We've been leading the the number of deaths in this nation a lot because of precondition. But the key for us is that we've got to step up. We got to stand up. And we got to act. Just as we also have to deal with the whole political arena, while we aren't being partisan. If you look at the efforts that took place right here in in Georgia. The 100 was engaged with the Divine Nine, engaged with NAACP and everybody, and we delivered like never before on the elections for the first African-American U.S. Senator. And of course, we made the cat the decisive vote that helped us to get this country back on track. Now I was gonna ask, you know, the conference is virtual. Why is it still virtual now? The world's open back up now. And you are in Atlanta, and Atlanta's been open for a long time now. People are still dying. And and so DJ Envy, to say it's over, you know, for example, here in Georgia, we've only had 40% of our population to get the vaccine. And I hear black folks talking about, well, I pray to God, God's gonna protect me. I said, God sent you the vaccine, why don't you go ahead and take it? People are still being infected. People are still dying. Black folks are still having these big parties with three and four and 500 people in them with no mask on, not taking the vaccine. And so 
all of my children have had the vaccine. Three of my grandchildren have had it, and my others are about to get it now that they've lowered the age. So, so the reality is, it's not over yet. Right. And so, we're gonna err on the car on the uh, being cautious. We expect to be back next year, but until we do, uh, we're gonna go virtual. This last time, we decided in March we would not do it in person because you know we some of our members are older. And so we're working to get people to get the vaccine, but next year we'll be ready, but we're not gonna rush to kill anybody, infect anybody. Uh, With with us having you laying down that great entertainment on Friday, last year we had over 11,000 online with us for the conference, and we're going to try and meet or exceed that this year. But the bottom line is we'd rather be safe and we'll get back together uh, when we get this totally under control. All right. Well, how do they sign up, my brother? Yes, yeah, so you can go to uh, 100blackmen.org to sign up for the conference, uh, 100blackmen.org, and there's a landing page to the conference. As uh, Chairman Dorch Mitchell will be partying with DJ Envy on Friday night. So we're looking o'clock. forward to that. That's and right. it's free. And F-R-E-E. You know, freedom isn't free, but this conference is free. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you, brothers, for joining in and keep doing the work. And anytime you need us, just give us a ring. We're here for you, brothers. And look, and we're looking forward to having you in as part of the 100 family. That's coming very soon. But thank you for all that you do. Thank both of you for the uh, Breakfast Club and, and tell Angela, you know, thank you. There we go. All right. Well, appreciate you, brothers, and we'll see you this weekend. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Peace, brothers. Thank you so much, all right, guys. Thank you, all thank right. you. Appreciate you. Now, Charlemagne, you got a positive note, brother? Well, first of all, man, you know, um, I want to salute my man Craig Melvin for coming today. Uh, Craig Melvin has a book out right now called Pops Learning to Be a Son and a Father. It came out on Tuesday, so, you know, go grab that. The co-host of the Today Show, Craig Melvin, it's a great Father's Day gift. And I got to salute, you know, the Migos once again. You know, we had them on yesterday, and if you saw, you know, the video on YouTube, I heard it on the radio, you saw that we celebrated them. You know what I mean? They've been the most impactful rap group for the past decade. You know, a lot of people ate off the Migos flow, so we just wanted to celebrate Quavo takeoff and offset. So we had a whole setup here for them. You know, we had the balloons, and the balloons were courtesy of Balan Saloon in New York City. Um, we had food. Food came from Melba's Restaurant in Harlem. We had uh, flowers from the Flower Puff in Elizabeth, New Jersey. We had a cake from Doc's Cake Shop in Brooklyn. Uh, we had marijuana. Courtesy of my man Wax uh, with, with, with Who's Wax. And we had uh, tequila from Casa Dragonis. Salute to my, 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 my partner Teal at Casa Dragonis Tequila. Uh, thank you all for providing, providing us with the necessary tools to properly celebrate the Migos. Mm-hmm. Yes, and y'all know I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. This is my first time in Nashville, but we are doing the National Museum of African American Music Gala. You know, it's the grand opening, and so tonight they're going to be actually celebrating Quincy Jones, Lionel Richie, Smokey Robinson, and the Fisk Jubilee Singers. It's the museum's seventh annual celebration of Legends benefit concert that is happening tonight, and I'm hosting, so I'm really excited to be here. Everybody keeps telling me i got to get out here and eat in Nashville and how amazing it is, so I'm going to explore a little bit today before the gala. All right. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, I do. And it's simple. It goes back to what I was saying about celebrating the Migos, man. Um, Celebrate the success of others as you would want others to celebrate yours. Because what goes around absolutely positively comes around. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?